Welcome to Gone Fishing, a show diving into the cybersecurity threats that surround our highly connected lives. Human vulnerability is almost completely ignored in the security awareness space. But why is that? Every human is different. Every person has unique vulnerabilities that expose them to potentially successful social engineering. It's time to change the focus and bring it back to the human factor. On this show, we'll discuss human vulnerability and how it relates to unique individuals. Assessing the constantly evolving human risk is how we make our company safer and more secure. I'm Connor Swalm, CEO of FinSecurity, and welcome to Gone Fishing. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Gone Fishing. I'm your host, Connor, the CEO at FinSecurity. And today we're going to talk about a topic that is near and dear to my heart. We're going to talk about why human vulnerability matters for everyone. So why should it, essentially, why should you care that people, including yourself, are vulnerable to security breaches? Uh, and I'll talk about some other areas as well. Why should businesses care about this? Why should society care about this in general? I don't know, maybe we'll get a little uh, philosophical today, but uh, I'll try to keep it as applicable as possible and out of philosophy. So I would be remiss uh, if we were talking about human vulnerability management and I didn't mention Verizon's data breach and investigation report. So for those of you that don't know, Verizon's DBIR, that's the acronym, is basically an enormous uh, report on cybersecurity breaches and other matters in cybersecurity. There's a lot of data that goes into it. So it's pretty well-renowned and pretty, uh, you know, I won't use the word accurate, but very well uh, debated uh, in terms of security reports. So there's a statement, though, that often comes out of that report, specifically the 2022 report, which released last year, uh, which is 88% of data breaches involve, and I'll put air quotes here, quote unquote, the human element. So what does that mean? Well, if you dig into actually what that statement means and you look at the data in Verizon's DBIR, that's not just people like clicking on phishing emails. That's not just people giving away their credentials. That also includes misconfigured firewalls or poorly implemented security tools, or it's just humans making mistakes in any way, shape, or form, whether that's just a normal employee who's going about their job, or whether that's a security practitioner who made a mistake that created a vulnerability. So when when I hear people bring this up, I always draw attention to that fact as well, that it's, it's not just people getting fished, it's not just social engineering happening, it's all sorts of mistakes that human humans make at every level of technical prowess or security understanding or background or anything like that. So when that statement is 88% involved, the human element, it is all humans, not just, you know, people who don't practice, uh, don't practice security on a daily basis. So I always draw attention to that. So, you know, humans, we interface with technology. And as a result, we become in a lot of ways, this, the, the easiest source for those technologies to get misused. That's just why that 88% number makes sense to me. It's also why I like to caveat the 88% number with, you know, it's all humans making all mistakes, not just people clicking on things or giving away stuff. So another, another common misconception by a lot of people is, uh, my business is too small for me to worry about this, or I'm too small for to, to get hacked or breached or targeted or XYZ or anything like that. And the reality is you don't even need to be targeted today 
in order to be the victim of a security breach or the victim of identity theft, as some of you have probably been through at some point in your life. You could just randomly get swept up into a data breach. Let's say it was, you know, you know common news, LastPass. Let's say your um, master password got leaked. I know that's not exactly what happened in this time with LastPass, but let's say you got swept up into a larger company where you used their services and your accounts got leaked. And as a result, somebody bought them, hundreds of thousands of them at a time, and then ended up attempting to misuse those accounts for other purposes. So you can be an individual, you can be a small business, you can even be a large business. And you getting breached might might have been a result of just a tool or a service or a company you use that got swept up into a larger a you know, breach or a larger security incident that happened. So when I hear people say things like, I'm too small to be targeted, in reality, that might be true, right? There might not be enough uh, juice, so the squeeze might not be worth it for most malicious individuals. But we live in a world today, specifically this incredibly interconnected world, where you don't need to be targeted in order to be a victim. And so that's kind of what I say is like, hey, we should change our perception of if I get breached to Let's let's talk about when I get breached. And, you know, I know that might not make an, an incredible amount of sense for individuals, but at least for every single business, it is an incredibly healthy mindset to employ, to, to think about the when, not if mentality. And then you can begin planning because the worst thing in the world that I see, not only from <clears throat> some companies that I've worked with in the past or just folks that I'm very good friends with in the industry that tell me stories is the worst thing that can happen is when you end up getting breached and you're not prepared, you didn't go through those tabletopping exercises, or you didn't go through the necessary steps and processes to, uh, you know, safeguard your information and make sure that in the event that a horrible, horrible thing happens, that you would be easily able to uh, remediate that. So uh, on the, I mentioned a little bit of philosophy at the beginning. So I kind of like to go into this. I view cybercrime as an inefficiency of capitalism. And what I mean by that is let's uh, we live in a world today where there are companies that are founded in foreign nations that are funded by those foreign governments with the sole purpose of stealing money from US based organizations so their entire you know if you want to say business plan or modus operandi is to quite literally just find a way to steal money access and information from US based organizations that's you know well documented today it exists it's a thing it's a thing we're just going to have to deal with and so this is what I say. The reason that those companies are able to exist and the reason that they are started is because if they spend $1 and they're able to steal $10, that's incredibly profitable for them to do so. Now, I'm just using really simple pedantic numbers here. So those, you know, don't quote me on those numbers, but here's the principle. If they spend $1 to provide an actual good or an actual service to other organizations and they made $2, instead of the 10 they got when they when they were stealing. Well, you can see quickly how companies would be incredibly incentivized to steal as opposed to actually provide a good or a service. And when you exist in a certain, you know, in other areas of the world where there isn't going to be necessarily some legal repercussions or there isn't going to be repercussions in general, because maybe your government is very supportive of the theft that you are doing. Um, or maybe they're willing to turn a blind eye to it, then you're going to do that because it's more profitable to do so. So when I say 
that cybercrime is an inefficiency in capitalism. It is just for, in some cases, easier for companies to make money by stealing it than it is if they provided a good or a service. So that is just flat out like a, a you know, monetary benefit for them to do it. So um, that's why uh, I think it should matter to everyone, not just US-based organizations as well, is at the end of the day, um, theft impacts us all. If, if business becomes uh, more, business becomes more expensive to do. And if providing a good or, ex- or ser- a good or a service becomes more expensive, typically the consumer is left holding the bag for that. Typically the person who ends up wanting to buy the good or the service has to deal with it. And so, um, you know, this can, this, there's examples of, of this at all levels. So the fact that cyber insurance has to exist and that a lot of companies, at least here in the U.S., have to pay for it is directly a result of the reality that cybercrime costs an incredible amount of money and that being ransomware or being uh, breached in some other way, shape or form actually has an incredible monetary impact to the organization and could, you know, halt business operations completely in some cases. And so the fact that companies have to spend money and have to budget for cyber insurance, which from the policies that I've uh, had the pleasure of taking a look at can sometimes be incredibly, incredibly expensive. Um, and so that's just another example of, you know, it's a way to combat theft by transferring the risk. However, it's, you know, still the consumer, quote unquote, paying for it, you know, in some way, shape or form. So uh, a, a thing that I think about a lot as well is what would this world look like if social engineering didn't exist? So for those of you who haven't looked at other podcasts or are just joining us right now, social engineering is the act of somebody or an organization impersonating another organization, another person, or, or something that they are not with the intention of deceiving you so that you give them money, access, or information. It is the attempt of them to deceive you to steal money, information, and access. That's it. That's social engineering. The, the most common form of social engineering is called phishing, where you send emails pretending to be other people or other organizations. But so that, that's what social engineering is. So if cybercrime is worldwide, one of the largest sources of not only theft, but right, let's say breakage, the cost of doing business, as some would say. Uh, if social engineering, if humans are a part of 88% of that cybercrime in some way, shape, or form, uh, and a lot of that is a result of social engineering, well, then we could quickly see how living in a world where social engineering isn't profitable to do because we've gotten way better at detecting it and preventing it uh, would you know, reduce the cost of goods, create, uh, allow a lot of people to make an incredible amount of more companies, more businesses. And we would just see a world that, you know, offers better things at better prices to a larger amount of people. Uh, and that's, you know, maybe that's a pipe dream of mine to be able to create something or create a world where that's a possibility. But that's definitely something that I am incredibly uh, invested in trying to bring about. And that's one of the reasons that I ended up uh, starting Finn and one of the reasons why we see ourselves moving into a lot of different directions as well with how to how to teach people to recognize what's going on around them and prevent it. So um, that's going to be all for this episode. But on our next episode, I'm definitely going to want to describe a little bit more about human vulnerability. I'm going to explain why is it so difficult? You know, it seems like a really simple concept of let's just teach people to recognize things before they become theft. But I'll go into some of the nuances and some of the reasons that it's actually incredibly hard to do that correctly and not only yourself, but also organizations. So on my next few episodes that, that you join me on, we will be talking about that. And I 
Can't wait to see y'all there. I, uh, once again, I'm Connor, CEO of Finn Security, your host at Gone Fishing, and I will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about creating high-quality security awareness training campaigns that engage employees and change their habits, then check out Finn Security at phinsec.io or click the link in our show notes. Thanks for fishing with me. See you next time.